Before Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus gave us, as his disciples, the Great Commission. Jesus didn't give us the Great Suggestion. The Great Commission is the mandate that Jesus has given us as Christians, all of us as Christians, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to every people group on planet earth. If you're listening, it's highly probable that you are someone who takes seriously Jesus's command to bring the gospel to the whole world. As Christians, all of us wanna have a greater impact in bringing the gospel all around the world, right? To the ends of the earth, like Jesus has shared with us to do. Maybe you've tried to make a difference, but honestly, you've just not found an effective way of carrying out the Great Commission to the ends of the earth. Maybe you keep running into all of these common barriers that so many American Christians face, like the language barrier, not speaking their language, or the finance barrier, not having all that money you know, to travel to that country, and even just the travel barrier. How do you get there now, COVID-19, all these restrictions? Well, 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions. We help you support indigenous church planters. They're already living in these least reached countries that Jesus commands us to reach. They know their culture, they know their language, they're highly trained and they're very effective in reaching their own country for Christ. I wanna thank so many of you who have caught the vision this vision for praying for and fasting for and for sending these indigenous church planters into full-time gospel ministry to effectively and efficiently bring the gospel to the ends of the earth in fulfillment of the Great Commission. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. In this episode, we're going to hear about one of the greatest miracles in Christian history. This is the miracle of the house church movements in China where it's estimated that 10,000 Chinese people every day come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Did you hear that? 10,000 people a day in China coming to know Christ. How is this possible, especially with so much persecution? Who is leading these movements? What are these movements like? How are they sustained? Today, we have the privilege of continuing our conversation with Barnabas. He's gonna share with us about the miracle of these house church movements in China. Well, it's good to be back in this episode to talk to our dear brother, Barnabas, all the way from China. Barnabas, uh, thank you for giving us this time. And today we get to talk about the house church movements in China. And I'm excited about this because this is where your heart resonates you have such a great perspective and understanding. So Barnabas, can you share with us a little bit about this story of just this explosive house church movement in China? We support it, and it is truly quite amazing and miraculous. And, and just can you kind of enlighten us, uh, however the Holy Spirit leads you, to tell us a little bit about these movements? House church movement in China, the name movement is... It's like a denomination, but not exactly like a denomination in the West. Movement means there's a group of church planters and pastors uh, knowing each other, working together. And most movement actually started with one or two founders in the way after the Cultural Revolution in the late 70s and early 80s, um, before the open door policy was exposed to the world. China is very poor 
And during the 10 years of Cultural Revolution, most almost every churches, including the government free self churches, they were all closed down. No one is expected that the church in China will grow because there's no pastors, there's uh, no freedom to proclaim the gospel, there's no Bibles, no theological training. How can the church in China grow? And uh, God has been really working in China by choosing his own servants to, it's like the book of Acts, when persecution come, these pastors escape from the police and go, go to another area and then they start proclaiming the gospel and people come to know the Lord. So it is like a small cell group that started. We've been working with many movements in China and all the movement has the same characteristics. It's actually started by one or two people. And God is choosing these people. These people may not be well-educated, you know, in the 10 years of cultural revolution, all the universities and mostly high schools and even uh, elementary schools, they were all closed down. I mean, uh, Chairman Mao sent everybody, everybody, including professors from big cities, going to work in the farms, in the, in the villages, you know. So, so there's no education. When the open door policy started and after Chairman Mao died, many of the old ladies who are Christian, even before the communists took over in 1949, they keep their faith. They, they still pray every day. They preserve the Bible. They bury the Bible in the ground or in the hill to preserve the Bible. And when there's a little bit more freedom started in the late 90s, uh, late 70s, they started to share the gospel with their kids, with their grandsons, uh, granddaughters, and the younger generations. And uh, God, Holy Spirit just touched the heart of these young people. They may be just 14, 15, 16 years old, very young. These people, they started to be on fire for the gospel after they become Christians. And then they started to share the gospel. And when people gather, they just started to like preaching to the congregations. They have no training. They don't even have a Bible. Many of them, they, they were uh, <clears throat> learning Bible knowledge, theology from uh, Fire East Broadcasting Company. They were uh, radio programs, uh, half an hour a day from Hong Kong and from the Philippines. Uh, into China. So they turn on the radios and the radio is inside the blankets and they listen to it and they drop down every knocks. And that is the teaching knocks. Many of the pastors started like that. I think the characteristics of the house churches, God put these people on fire. Uh, when the police came chasing them, they just run away and then go to another village and they will not scare about sharing the gospel. You know, if we scare, we escape to another village, we just hide ourselves and do not and do nothing. But these guys, these pastors, God really raised them up and they were bold enough to share the gospel in, to, in another village and bring people to Christ. And then when the police knows what they are doing, the police of that village come try to arrest them. They were young, they went very fast, they go to another village. That's how, how the house church movement started. It is kind of like very hard for us to believe that this the real story. The, the house church movement started like that.
And from one or two people, 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people start, started like that. Most of the new believers, they were all on fire for the gospel as well. And uh, when we look at the movement leaders, like 20, 30 years from the 70s, uh, they were in their late 50s and uh, early 60s. Many of them, they told me a very interesting story because um, they said that they were not well-trained theologically, but also in the early days, I mean, when they started their ministry, they don't even have a Bible. So we were asking them, so how, how are you going to preach? Like I just mentioned, they were listening to radio broadcasts, Fire East Broadcasting Company, uh, the broadcasting, they dropped them, the looks. That's how they learn about how to preach from the Bible. And uh, another thing is they memorize the Bible verses very carefully, and they can recite uh, many Bible verses. If you look at uh, Matthew chapter 1, you know, most of us, when we read Matthew chapter 1 with all the names, we just ignore it. We just go to chapter 2, right? <laughs> what does it, it seems there's no meaning for us to read uh, chapter 1 with all the names, difficult names for us to even pronounce in Chinese or in English. Uh, but many of them, they even can recite, memorize Matthew chapter 1. You know, even nowadays, when I, I was in China last year and in, in a Bible school, and, uh, and the student can recite uh, Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and so on. So that's the training God, uh, God is training the Chinese pastors. And many of these movement leaders right now, they said they were trained directly by, by God. I said, what does it mean? They said, a lot of times when they read the Old Testament and they, un they do not understand what is going on and what's the meaning of the, the chapter. And a lot of times at night, they have dreams. And in their dreams, God is kind of explaining to them what does the chapter mean to them. And later on, they were able to hear others talk about it. Nowadays, they were able to get some commentary and they, they, they realized that, oh, what dream that God, that God has been teaching them to explain the Bible verses is relevant, you know, and they have learned it from that. I said, you have the greatest teacher because you get the masters to explain to you <laughs> the Bible verses. Amen. And many of these um, leaders, they were mostly from, they're mostly from villages. Uh, some of them finished high school during those days. and. Uh, they were not able to get, go to college. They were not able to go to any of seminary in China because there was one seminary in China during in the early 80s. But they were trained by the Lord and they were uh, on fire for, for the gospel and they memorized, they read the Bibles, many, many chapters every day. They dropped down all the knocks as they preached. They were very careful on their preaching. And uh, God has been using also miracles, healings to bring people to Christ. You know, during those days, there's no medical doctors in most of the villages. When people get sick, they go to Christians and Christians pray for them. And that's how they become Christians. But the house church movement in China uh, is very emphasized on people being a born again Christian. That means healing is uh, from God, of course, but healing doesn't mean that uh, you're a Christian, you get healed, but if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're still not a Christian. You just come for miracles. So the 
pastors in China and Christians in China explain salvation very carefully, very clearly to those people getting healed. So physically they they get healed, but also spiritually they get saved. So that's why the house church movement is, is explosive because uh, these Christians they were are very serious to become a Christian. They want to build a personal relationship with Christ. They know Jesus Christ is the answer mm. for them. Praise the Lord, Barnabas. You know, too, I'm just thinking as you're sharing here, because I've met, you know, so many of these pastors, even uh, the pastors, you know, years ago that you were referencing when uh, we've spent time in China. And as, you know, these common characteristics, and I know you're kind of talking about those right now, it's, I know, I'm thinking about our listeners just trying to understand this miracle of the book of Acts uh, in this house church movement raising up where, you know, Bibles have been literally eradicated from China in the Cultural Revolution. And and just out of nothing, this has emerged where today— uh, we've, you know, we're working with you and our 360 serve in supporting these 48 movements, these significant movements, uh, where 10,000 people every day today, you know, on average, it seems uh, the best, you know, God alone knows the numbers are coming to Christ. And it's just this growing, amazing, Holy Spirit led uh, work of God. And so are there a few of the other, are there other characteristics that you could touch on, Barnabas, and you've mentioned several already, and then could you talk about maybe just put a face to maybe one of the movement leaders you could talk about and just maybe his story so that our, our listeners, I think this will help them go, ah, okay, so that's how it actually happened in someone's life. Yeah, that's uh, one of the biggest house church movement in China. His name, uh, the leader's name, uh, we call him Joshua. Uh, he doesn't even know his English name, you know. Uh, he know it later. We name him Joshua. And he was very sick when he's about uh, 15 years old and his father passed away and uh, his mother was also very, very sick. So, so both of them, they were very sick and they were traveling around to see uh, his uncle and just kind of really saying goodbye, telling them we are going to, my mother and I are going to die and uh, we just say goodbye to, to you. And uh, one of his uncle is not a Christian, but he, he knows there's a Christians around. Uh, this is about around in 1978. So the Christian come and pray for them and miraculously they get healed. And so he started to have, Joshua started to have interest to know, oh, is there really a God in this world? And so he started to talk to Christians and Christians told them that, told him that uh, 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 there's a Bible, uh, but we don't have it. Uh, you can look for a Bible around and uh, you will understand uh, God's work and uh uh, because I don't have the answer for you because we are not trained. But uh, we have been praying uh, every day. We, we know Jesus Christ is the real God, uh, but we don't know too much about uh, the Bible because we don't have a Bible. So as soon as Joshua knows that if he can get a Bible, he will understand a lot more about Jesus. So he is trying to secretly trying to see if there are Christians around and uh 
is he's looking for a Bible. He finally gets uh, to know a Christian in another village. Uh, this old lady has a Bible buried under the ground, and uh, so he helped to take the Bible out. And the Bible was very old, and it's not uh, a full-size Bible. There's only a, like half of the Bible is there. He wanted to take it away, but the lady said, "No, you cannot take it away. It's, it's my it's my treasure. I although I don't read it, but I cannot read it because I don't know. Uh, I'm not educated, but I know this is treasure for me." Uh, you can hand copy it. So Joshua hand copied the Bible and then he took his hand copy away and he studied it every day. And then he started to listen to radio broadcasts. And that's how become pastors. Uh, when, when he was healed, actually he got a disease that both of his, uh, legs, uh, he cannot, he has to use crutches since he is 15 years old, uh, until nowadays. Uh, but God has been uh, giving him a partner and other Christian in his village uh, help use a, a barrel to to move him around to speak uh, to share the gospel in different villages and uh, that's how the house church movement started. They are very emphasized on prayers and fasting if there's uh, difficulties within their own life and within the church and within the country they will fast and pray. You know, there's a saying in China, five o'clock in the morning in China, many, many Christians in China started to pray for the whole country and for the world. And it still is nowadays. And they also emphasize on training, uh, cell groups, small groups training. And uh, that's how they strengthen the Christians, the new newborn Christians in China, because if they do not know the word of God, they cannot grow. And as I said before, these uh, Christians, they were on fire for the gospel. They will bring their friends and relatives to the small group, to the church, and they worship together, and soon they will become Christians. That's how the church in China is growing. Yeah, the uh, the cell, the, these cell groups, you know, the house church movement, these groups that emerge in homes, I think it's incredible, Barnabas. You know, again, when we look at Joshua— his movement is 10 million believers strong and growing. And I think that our, uh, our listeners, you know, they're, they're trying, they, they, they attend to church. Maybe there's 200, 500, a thousand or 2000 people at it, but a movement that's 10 million strong, the organization is tremendous, but the Holy Spirit's power and explain how does that happen? You know, the best you're able so we can understand this, this is an incredible, miraculous, nothing like this has happened in the world, really. Uh, what's happening mm-hmm. in China, no other country has seen the persecution, but no other country in the history of Christianity has seen the growth emerge by the Holy Spirit in, in the lives of these men and women who are just absolutely sold out uh, to Jesus Christ. Talk about I, I don't even know how to, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm excited and I'm trying to just, how are, are, can our listeners understand how does this happen, Barnabas, this kind of massive growth? Yeah, in the, about uh, the mid 80s, around 1985 or so, many house church movements started to take part. I mean, when 
1985, there may be just 20,000, 50,000 in the movement. It's not going to like 10 millions nowadays. But uh, they were on fire for the gospel and they followed the Great Commission. So uh, when we talk about missionary, we, we're always talking about we're sending our, our own people, our, our missionary overseas uh, to another countries. But for the house church in China, because they don't have the freedom to leave the country and they don't have the finances, the money and the support for them to leave the country, they were thinking, okay, China is so big. How can we reach out to, to all the people in, in every province in China? So they adapt a strategy. It's a migration strategy. That means if you're living in Boston, you're living in the East Coast, the church send, send you out two by two. Either if you get married, you go with your, your wife. If you are single, with, uh, and if you're a woman, if you're a man, uh, you find another single man, uh, two by two, they send them out to the West Coast, to Los Angeles, to San Francisco. And uh, they just give them, because they don't have much money, so they just give you one-way train ticket. Of course, not by airplane, by train, but one-way train ticket. And an equivalent about, in those days, about 10 US dollars of pocket money. And they get you the train ticket and you just travel several days to, to the West Coast. And then you just share the gospel in the street with people. And uh, hopefully people will become Christians. And then uh, you ask them if I can stay in your home so that I can have a shelter. That's how the house church movement started in the mid 80s, and they're still doing it the same uh, with E60 Surf. Now you are helping to support the church planters in China for 50 US dollars. We are still doing the same thing. If we give the seed money to these church uh, planters so that they can leave their own home for the Lord, sacrifice themselves, and then they go to another locations and uh, not really settle down. They don't have the money to settle down, but they have to to bring people to Christ. And uh, God has been really working in China. Most of these new Christians, they don't care about people staying in their home. They were on fire. Okay, oh, you are a servant of God. So if I become a Christian and my home is big enough for another two church planters to stay, and then I, okay, come on, stay with us. And that's how the house church started. And other characteristics of the house church in China, you may think, oh, there's so many churches in China. Remember, uh, churches is not a, just about church buildings. You know, we have to have church buildings for public safety or something in the West or even in Hong Kong and many countries. But in China, because of the persecution, you basically cannot uh, legally uh, build uh, house church buildings. So in China, even right now, a house church is about people gathering together, like the Bible said, three or four people gather together, that's a church. And in China, God has been raising up a lot of host family. Host family means uh, that they were able, they, do, they are just believers, but they were open up their homes for Christians and non-Christians, come to their home two, three times a week, emerging two, three times a week, you're entertaining Christians or even non-Christian whom you don't know, they are coming to a home, you, at least you have to give them tea or you are also sacrificing yourself, prepare some food for them if they are hungry, and then they will gather together in your home 
and then your home becomes becomes a church. So that's how the house church movement in China started. They don't need the money to buy uh, property, to buy land, to build a church. They don't have it, uh, but they have God with them, and that's how the house church movement in China started. So when we're talking about 10 billion people, or oh, you can imagine how many house churches and how many church buildings. No, it's not just a house church building. There are some house church buildings in villages and in, in urban areas, but most of the house church in China meet at people's homes. I think this is the significance of the house church movement in China. Hallelujah. No, thanks, Barnabas. Talk a little bit about, just because I've met them, the amazing uh, role that women play. And then we'll kind of uh, close this section out because I can't wait for our next session. We're going to talk about a different aspect, the training of them in underground Bible schools. But can you, uh, Barnabas, these women are amazing and the men. And, you know, many of our listeners right now, they support Chinese church planners. And I'm so glad they're hearing from you what they're like, the caliber of a Chinese church planner. They're the toughest, I mean, most committed, dedicated people I've ever met in my life. And their willingness to undergo so much persecution, they have so much courage. And, uh, and, and the women as well, they will literally, a lot of these women, they'll get this one way, you know, like you said, train ticket, and they're off. Mm. They're just trusting God mm. and they're preaching the gospel and winning, you know, people to Christ. So uh, tell a little bit about the, the ladies uh, that are church planners. Uh, in China, I would say uh, almost two-thirds of the Christians in China are women. It's the same thing in Hong Kong as well, you know. There's a, a role for women to be like a pastor and church planters, and uh, women are really committed to serve the Lord as well. So although the leaders of the movements, they are men, but there is a lot of um, women who teach not just Sunday schools, they, they also preach on Sunday. Imagine when you go to a village church where the men all go out to big cities to find a job. They only come home like uh, once or twice a year. That's why you know a little bit about China. During the Chinese New Year, that's where uh, most people go home because they don't have the money to fly back home uh, every two, two, three months. So they go back home just once a year. It's hard to imagine how their family life is, but this is the situation in China. So in a lot of the villages or smaller towns, um, most of the whole churches, there will be at least two-thirds women and only a few men. So women's role become more important because if there's a man going in to pitch, of course, there are men going to pitch in these churches, but also when these women has family problems, if they need counseling, they need someone to talk to, it is much better to have a woman talk to them to not create other conflicts, you know what I mean? So the, the, God has been raising up a lot of women in China to serve the church. They, may, they are not the top leaders, but they are bringing the gospel to every corner of China. And they also become some of the trainers for the younger generation to help them to grow and uh, become uh, servants of God. And many of the women, uh, especially in the 80s and even early 90s, because of the situation in China, the church don't have uh, much funding to send them. 
So they decided not to get married for the gospel, because if they get married, they will be busy with family. Uh, there will be more expenses if, to plant churches if they have their own family. So they really, really sacrifice for the Lord by not getting married. So one of the role we are doing right now is we are also helping some of the older folks to have, um, I mean, this is the eight senior home for the pastors who have been sacrificed their life, uh, not getting married. Uh, we're helping some of them uh, so that they, they can survive. So China is very different from the outside world when we know what is going on. But God is working. God is working in every country, and God is working in China. Wow. Barnabas, thank you. This has meant so much, uh, I, I, I know, to all of our listeners. I know you mm. and I, we share a similar heart in especially supporting church planners that go to these rural areas where people in China, in these unreached areas, have yet even to hear about mm. Jesus. And, and yeah. when you think about a church planner that we support for $50 a month in China, you're really thinking about those who are going out into unreached areas proclaiming the gospel. And hopefully, you know, this segment, and I believe it has, has just really shed light on that, Barnabas. So thank you so much. Love you, Barnabas. Glad we could have thank you. Uh, thank you. this moment to mm -hmm. talk about this. And, and uh, can't wait for our next episode. God bless. Wow, I hope you are excited about what God is doing in China. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This is the promise of Jesus. This is what Jesus is doing today. He's building his church. He's building his church in China and around the world. And in China, he's using these humble yet courageous servants who are willing to lay their lives down for the gospel. They're advancing the greatest movement of God in Christian history. Here's your action step of the day. Go to 360serve.org and support a Chinese church planter. Join this incredible, amazing harvest that is taking place in China. Do you know that $50 a month will send one of these Chinese church planters into full-time gospel ministry? $50 a month. We will mail to you the profile of the Chinese church planter that you will be supporting. It gives you their picture, their testimony, ways that you can pray. You and your family can come around this church planter, your church planter that you're supporting, and pray as you're partnering together and reaching China with the gospel. Think about it. You have the opportunity to join the greatest movement of God in Christian history. What an opportunity. Thanks for being with us today. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been inspired in your faith. Share this podcast with a friend and encourage them to join the indigenous church planting movement of God around the world. I can't wait for our next episode. Barnabas will introduce us to another miracle taking place in China, and this is the underground Bible schools in China. These schools are equipping hundreds of Chinese church planters to take the gospel throughout the nation. Until then, may the Lord bless you.